It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Thursday edition of Locked On Raptors, it is free agency bonanza day. It all gets going at 6 o'clock tonight, and we are here to answer your mailbag questions about free agency. We figured it was dangerous to go with a single topic of conversation in case it's rendered outdated very, very quickly, so we'll hit on a bunch of things. We're going to talk about DeAndre Ayton and the rumors that he might be headed to the Raptors. He's like number two in the Vegas odds right now. That seems a little weird. We'll get into that. We'll talk about other free agency-related questions and also which numbers should new members of the Toronto Raptors wear so they look cool on the court? We'll get to all of that on today's show with Katie Heindel of Basketball Feelings and Dime and this podcast coming up in just one second. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 
what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1206 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, June the 30th. Happy birthday, Mom! I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every episode of the podcast. You can also go to uh, all the different podcast apps and follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast. It's always appreciated, and it's always free to do so. And we are on YouTube for free as well. Just hit the big red subscribe button you can't miss it and you support the show and you get to look at my face every day which may be good or bad depending on your point of view uh so that's what we uh that's that's the business out of the way more business today's show is brought to you by our friends at arcade one up who are partnering with uh us at locked on to give away three free nba jam shack edition machines that's right there's three machines up for grabs and they know what they're doing they are known for making incredible retro three-quarter scale at home arcade games like Pac-Man, Golden Tee, and more. Enter to win on arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade1up.com slash locked on for your chance to win one. More on them a little bit later on in the show, which is, of course, your first listen of the day, and we thank you so much for that. All right, on today's show, mailbag questions abound. It's free agency day. We didn't want to get too focused on one specific topic in case one Woj bomb renders the entire podcast useless after, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. So we're going to, you know, do a little amuse bouches, little hors d'oeuvres of topics all around the podcast with the wonderful Katie Heindel of Basketball Feelings and Dime and the whole internet. Katie, what's up? Not much, man. Happy to be here and happy birthday to your mom. I I have to call her after this. I'm glad I re- remembered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got mailbag questions. We're going to dig into them on the show. We're going to start with a question that comes in from Jake Talk Sports, who asks... What would slash should Precious Achua's role be if the Raptors get DeAndre Ayton, assuming he isn't part of the package to get him? This allows us to just start talking about DeAndre Ayton to begin with, because this has been a thing we've talked about on the podcast throughout the offseason. It's something that I've never really thought is terribly likely, just because I thought the cost of acquisition was going to be too much. But you look around the NBA... And the Detroit Pistons don't have any cap space left. They seem like the main potential team to go sign Aiden. The Atlanta Hawks just traded for DeJounte Murray. Doesn't seem like they have a ton of money to throw around. They might still go get Rudy Gobert, perhaps, or something like that, as they try to overcorrect for Trey Young's terrible defense. And so you're kind of left wondering what the options are for Aiden for the Phoenix Suns. I would guess the sort of most likely option is that he just stays in Phoenix and they figure it out. But the Suns clearly are cheap and kind of dumb and are run by Robert Sarver, so we can't put anything past them. Yesterday, Katie, it was sort of released some new odds for who DeAndre Ayton's next team would be, and the Raptors were number two behind the Pistons. And the Pistons, again, don't make any sense because they don't have any money left. And so that leaves you sitting there like, huh, the... Vegas is on this, huh? Vegas, the same people who predicted Paolo Banchero was going to be the first overall pick last week when everyone said it was going to be Jabari Smith. That usually kind of raises my eyebrows, Katie. So DeAndre Ayton, let's just talk about him as like a potential fit with the Raptors first off. It would probably be some kind of trade revolving around Gary Trent Jr. along with, uh, you know, Kem Birch and some other salary matching stuff going back Mm -hmm. the other way. Uh, our friend Daniel Hackett, the lovely and very intelligent Daniel Hackett, sort of did a whole thread on what the deal could look like in theory, and it essentially boils down to, with all the boring cat minutia, something like DeAndre Ayton and Tory Craig for Gary Trent Jr., Ken Burch, and Svima Hailuk is sort of the, the salary-matching type thing. Maybe some picks from the Raptors going to Phoenix. With that out of the way, 
Again, go follow our pal Hackett because he knows what he's talking about with the cap. Uh, thoughts on DeAndre Ayton? If that is a trade that's on the table, you know, is that too much for DeAndre Ayton? Are you concerned about paying DeAndre Ayton a max contract, Katie? Or do you like the idea of bringing in, I don't know, the fifth best center in the NBA to kind of anchor this team going forward? I'm never concerned about paying anybody. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I don't think uh, NBA teams <laughs> Correct answer. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think MLSE is. Um, I... I, like you, don't feel like it's likely. I feel like he's going to stay in Phoenix. Um, also, a part of me, very separately, wants to see Patrick Mutombo fix whatever the Suns have done, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of their uh, <laughs> bad, like, relationship management with DeAndre Aiden. I think mm-hmm. uh, Coach Mutombo would be a great, like, salve to that. Uh, uh-huh. But aside from that, I don't know what Precious's role would be because I think you'd have to put precious as part of that trade. Mm. That's what feels like it would happen to me. Um, but again, like you mentioned Detroit, I feel like a lot of teams are fleecing other teams. That seems to be the theme so far of free agency. Fleecing. <laughs> um, and the Raptors are obviously quite good at that and skilled at that. Yeah. So maybe you, you, you get DeAndre Aiden in return for, I don't know, not that much. I really like Gary, but that does feel the, like the most likely you know, immediate because the Suns are going to want someone who is immediately impactful. Well, yeah. I think Precious has been very impactful with the Raptors. I don't know how impactful he would be in a system that doesn't mirror closely what the Raptors currently have, and the Suns don't have that. They want yeah. they'd probably want a shooter, so they're going to look at somebody like Gary. Um, I mean, it doesn't seem to me like a trade that would disrupt too much. Mm-hmm. What you've, um, what the Raptors have tried to establish this past season, you're not giving up OG, whose name has just been like touted like crazy. You know, <laughs> you're not kind of giving up this core or like gouging out a hole in the core of the team. You are giving up if you give up someone like Gary, really meaningful player. I think could have like gotten so much better in Toronto. I hate talking about him in the past tense, but I know. in, ter- in He's terms, probably going to be a Raptor. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. In terms of this question. Um, it feels less, it feels like the best immediate case scenario, but, um, I don't know. I don't see, I don't see it happening because I, like Masai, Jerry and Bobby Webster are not ones to forfeit the future. And they've already kind of set out on this, um, mm-hmm. this road of a re like a rebuild or a retool or whatever we're calling it to be more internal. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, I don't know they also got Kawhi Leonard and gave up like the cornerstone of the franchise. At yeah, the time. like I'm done trying to predict yeah. like the levels that of ghoulishness that the front office is willing to go to. Obviously, yeah. the Kawhi trade worked out pretty darn well, but uh, it did. You know, they yeah, it they did. they don't really care about the sentimentality. It seems, which uh, you know you kind of like about it, but also it's terrifying at all times. Um, <laughs> I think for me, I don't know if Precious would be involved just because I don't know if the Suns have that much leverage. Like, they don't really have much to stand on. If Aiton's like, get me out of here, and there's no other team offering him what he wants, like, I I, I can't imagine they're going to just be like, all right, well, here, take the qualifying offer for one year, and then we'll let you walk in a year for nothing. Like, that, that seems pretty unlikely. So I think there's actually a world in which this is kind of the best the Suns can do mm-hmm. based on what's happened elsewhere with what the Hawks and the Pistons have done in particular. And if that's the case, and you can get DeAndre Ayton on your team in exchange for Gary Trent Jr., who's a nice player, but is also going to be up for a new contract after next season. And I think, you know, just in a vacuum, DeAndre Ayton's more valuable basketball player than what Gary Trent Jr. provides. I, th- like, 
you kind of got to do it, I think, if you're the Raptors. And I agree. I don't think it really shakes up too much. Like, my sort of argument against Aiton or Gobert all season long, all offseason long, has been I don't think you want to sort of disrupt the sort of core tenets of the team in order to do that. I think that's a lot to sort of push all in on a guy if that's like your last move to make. But mm-hmm. if you're not trading OG Ananobi and you're not trading, <laughs> you know, all of your picks going forward or anything like that, then you're probably not actually giving up all that much of the future, and you're just kind of reorienting the roster a little bit to have Aiton in place of Gary Trent Jr. as part of your core, which I think is an upgrade talent-wise. You could argue about the fit, which I'm here to talk about. Like, you know, if you take away Gary Trent Jr., that's one of the three reliable shooters the team has, and you're really banking a lot on Pascal Siakam kind of recovering and being like a reliable corner three-point shooter. You're banking on Scotty Barnes kind of stepping up and figuring out how to you know, knock down threes. You're relying mm-hmm. on Precious Achua to continue what he did in the back part of last season for Chris Boucher to bounce back, and hopefully whoever you go and sign with the mid-level, Malik Monk, uh, <laughs> is sort of the, uh, the the way that you kind of fill in that shooting that you lose from Gary. Like, you have to figure it out. It's not an easy fit necessarily, but mm-hmm. like talent-wise, I think Aiden for Trent, if that's sort of the base of a deal, which does work, again, per our pal Daniel Hackett, uh, with a couple extra pieces involved, I think you got to think about it long and hard. But again, most likely this is not happening and we can move on to more different mailbag questions. Katie, we'll come back in just a second and do just that. We've got some more cues about other free agent signings as well as numerology. That's going to come up in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Arcade 1UP. Boom shakalaka, they've got big news. The one, the only NBA Jam is back in Arcade 1UP. The leader in at-home retro arcade games is not only bringing you the best game ever, but it has also made it bigger and better than ever with the, wait for it, Shaq Edition Machine. I love NBA Jam. It's one of my favorite video games of all time. I love sports video games that are not sports, like give me stupid explosions and power-ups and all that stuff. That's what NBA Jam kind of pioneered, and it's the reason I play like Super Mario Strikers every night now. It's because it's the best. NBA Jamifying anything makes it better. So... It is, of course, one of the first ever sports games to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, and no quarters required. Uh, Compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, which is super fun. There's nothing better than beating your friends at video games. Let me tell you, it is the most satisfying thing in the entire world, and it can make you. It's now making you more connected than ever with that Wi-Fi leaderboard. You can pre-order now from arcade1up.com. That's arcade the number one up.com for an estimated early September ship date, and they, of course are giving away a free NBA Jam machine that is three NBA Jam machines to locked on listeners enter for a chance to win a game console for your games room your living room your kitchen wherever you want to put it just by going to arcade1up.com slash locked on that's arcade1up.com slash locked on you've got till July 8th to enter to win your NBA Jam Shack edition console it's just over a week so don't miss out enter today who are you going to play with it better be me because I'll destroy you all right let's continue on We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, so Katie, we are continuing on our mailbag episode here. Your first listen of the day. Let's dig back into another question. This one here comes from 
Uh, look, this one's for you. This is from the Matthew T. How would Lonnie Walker fit with this <laughs> Raptors team? If Lonnie was not available, I would also target DeLon Wright as the backup point guard. Your thoughts on Lonnie Walker and then maybe a backup option at the guard spot in DeLon Wright, Katie. Uh, I've always thought Lonnie Walker would be an incredible fit with the Raptors. Um, I thought he's like so many seasons now just been kind of stunted in mm -hmm. the Spurs system. Um, he certainly like honed himself and his skills, but he hasn't really flourished because I think he needs to be allowed to be more explosive in his game. And that's just like never going to be the case really uh, mm -hmm. with a pop Spurs team. So while I've long thought this would be kind of an impossible deal or, or kind of too expensive, the Spurs also right now seem to be pretty intent on rebuilding two mm -hmm. or three seasons from now, I guess notably starting with next year's draft and then looking ahead, though it is very wild to be like 2027 as if uh, <laughs> the world might not be on fire by then, but you know, oh, teams yeah. got a GM's got a GM. So um, I think the time would be now actually mm -hmm. like uh, to get a player like Lonnie Walker again, like something that seemed improbable even last season is now very possible. That's how quickly I think the NBA changes, but seeing somebody like him alongside Pascal, um, alongside OG Scotty, like, I don't know. It's a very dream fit to me. Yeah, I mean, he's an unquestionably extremely cool basketball player, which I'm very in line with getting cool basketball players onto the team that I like. Mm -hmm. We did uh, we did talk about Lonnie Walker when Lewis was on probably about a month ago for the first edition of Mid-Level Madness, the greatest game show in the world that everyone's talking about. It might get picked up for television, uh, where we <laughs> ran through a bunch of mid-level exception potential options, and Lonnie Walker was one. And I was tasked with arguing against him, and I argued against him by taking the Terrence Ross photo off my wall and saying, do you really want another one of these? And I was doing it for the bit to say, you don't want another one of these. But in fact, I want another one of these. I want another <laughs> Terrence Ross on the team. That would be fantastic. Um, Lonnie Walker got offered the qualifying offer by the Spurs yesterday. So the Raptors would have to give him an offer that the mm -hmm. Spurs did not want to match. That which, he could hey, refuse. Exactly. But the problem <laughs> is they only have the mid-level exception to work with. So it would mm -hmm. have to be, you know, 10 million bucks a year or so. And I guess it's an open question as to whether or not the Spurs would pursue matching that or just say, all right, Lonnie Walker, it was nice having you, but go play for a team that's going to appreciate you as we go try to get Wemby next summer. Uh, to your point about trading picks in 2027 and beyond, that is like the new market inefficiency, I think. Like <laughs> teams should just be trading these picks that are never going to transfer because uh, the idea and concept of organized sports feels uh, like maybe it's got it on its last legs. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but yeah, Lonnie Walker would be fun. I think... I'm ranking like the dudes I want the Raptors to go after with the mid-level for that sort of wing shooter guardish position. It goes Malik Monk, Gary Harris, Dante DiVincenzo, now that he's been non-tendered or he's not going to be going back to the Kings. And then Walker's kind of in that next tier, I think probably with DeLon Wright as well, as who's also part of that question. What are your thoughts on a DeLon reunion, Katie? I don't mind it. Um, I think DeLon also hasn't necessarily gotten a fair shake, um, you know, since he left the Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really gotten the playing time. I think he could be at in his career. You know what I mean? Um, I just was going to say, I don't really, I, I really like the, the, the Kings approach thus far to free agency. It's like really monastic. It's just like less is more and maybe yeah. nothing is everything. <laughs> um, I guess it's oh, one way to play basketball. Kings. We um, love the Kings. Don't yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> I don't see 
again, I don't like Masai and Bobby are not big on nostalgia. So I don't mm -hmm. see that happening. They're kind of like, even if it doesn't matter what stage of your, your career you were in, like aside from Kyle Lowry, they're kind of like, you're here, you had your shot. We're not, you know, like we don't look back and you shouldn't either. So mm -hmm. I see that it's less of a fit. I also think Delon is less of a fit with the current Raptors uh, as is. Yeah, I mean, I think DeLon, it depends on his three-point shooting, right? Which is like, mm -hmm. he's had some nice dalliances and like low volume efficient shooting from deep recently. I think he was like 36, 37% last year mm -hmm. playing with Trey Young, which is helpful, of course. Uh, and I do think like the downhill aspect that he brings where he can just kind of like slither his way to the rim pretty effectively is kind of a useful thing for the Raptors too. But We love a slitherer. Uh, we true. love slitherers. <laughs> DeLon Wright might be the foremost slitherer in the NBA. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know Wright's kind of right in that next tier of guys, kind of in that Lonnie Walker tier. The thing that I'm realizing, Katie, is there's a lot of dudes who are pretty good who are going to get like the mid-level or less, which is, uh, you know, a crappy circumstance of the cap being what it is and all that. But uh, I feel like the Raptors are going to get themselves a good player here no matter what, because there's only so many landing spots for all of these quite useful and very good players. Mm -hmm. um, next question here. This one comes from... Uh, Jay Rich, a regular question asker on the podcast. We love Jay Rich. The question is, uh, with all the changes so far in the East, how would you rank the teams this coming season? Obviously, lots still to be figured out. Detroit. The Raptors could go get themselves. <laughs> the Raps could go get themselves DeAndre Ayton or whatever. But uh, I think the Atlanta Hawks, obviously, are kind of the one that probably inspired this con this conversation with the DeJounte Murray trade yesterday. Um, you know, I, I would assume it's probably similar to last season. Like, I don't know how many teams are going to go make the jump up from below like the play-in area or below even like the top six that were in there last year. Like, sure, the Knicks are probably going to go spend all the money on Jalen Brunson, but like, okay, uh, <laughs> good luck, Knicks. Uh, but yeah, do you have any sort of uh, sort of early sort of estimations as to how the East sort of stacks up? But I suppose to make this more Raptors-y, like where do you think the Raptors slide into all of that just based on talent on paper? As of right now, Thursday, June the 30th, happy birthday, mom, at 11.02 a.m. <laughs> Eastern time. Uh, well, to keep on the Raptors and eggs, I think that the <laughs> Knicks are, they love keeping all their eggs in one basket, and that's mm -hmm. what they're currently doing. Hasn't worked for them yet. Not going to work for them this season. Um, I'm not kidding about Detroit, though I think, like, they're going to be pretty free-flying, you know, mm -hmm. to start the season. Just, you know, there's a lot of young guys, a lot of energy. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're up to, like, playing territory it's really wild to be yeah. talking about this already um mm -hmm. earlier hey man, we earlier, just gotta ask the questions that are asked of us okay <laughs> i know i know i know um i think the calves you can't really discount the calves though they've been quiet thus far yeah in the off season but i think that's because they're like extremely intact once jared allen gets healthy uh yeah. I'm not kind of, like the Hawks will be good, but like the Hawks were also supposed to be good this past season. So I'm not mm -hmm. convinced that that one move kind of sets them straight, you know, like sets them to rights just yet. Yeah. Um, something's up with Trey Young. Don't know what it is. Um, is that he uh, can't play defense, Katie? Yeah, that too. That too. That too. <laughs> um, and when you have like the Celtics and the Raptors and these kind of more like defensively heavy teams on that note, who I think will come in again more or less where they were really depends mm -hmm. on what the Raptors do. Obviously, that landscape could change like today. Um, but I like the Toronto's not in a bad position. I the East is like 
the good teams will stay good. Mm-hmm. And the teams that are getting good, as you said, are kind of just going to edge up a little bit. It's not, I don't think it's like a complete overhaul again, as of yet, who knows? What yeah. Happen. Yeah. I think honestly, if you told me the top 10 from last year were the same, I would probably believe you. I could also see the Pistons sliding in as the number 10 and bumping out the yes. Hornets. Yeah. Um, uh, the Hornets and, are in disarray, you know, like that's just, um, yeah, if they do and the it, right thing, they yeah. won't have a certain player on their team uh, yeah. in the next season as well. But I mean, uh, even like this coaching, like the coaching kind of fiasco, like yeah. I've never, <laughs> I mean, just to be like, yeah, I'll take a job. And then basically not showing up on your first day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what happened to them with Kenny Atkinson. <laughs> so not Kenny, Ak- <laughs> no, Kenny Atkinson. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So uh, there's some bigger pro- like cultural problems there. Yeah. Uh, and I think they're kind of slowly combusting and have been for quite a while. But yeah, everybody else, like I could even see Detroit overtaking the Hawks, honestly. But, you know, I'm a Detroit truther. So, I mean, I think being a Detroit truther is a fine thing to be considering like they're going to roll out uh, a group that features Cade and Jaden Ivey and Sadiq Bay. Like they might not be like Killian really Hayes. good. They, yeah. They're going to be extremely annoying to play against. That's for yeah. they're obviously going to sweep the season series against the Raptors again. Duh. We uh, haven't even <laughs> talked about Miami also, because that's like a huge question mark. If you lose PJ Tucker, which it seems like they're going to. Um, I Miami to me is like at risk of if there's any team in the top 10 that I could see, like just kind of losing their fastball. I think it could be the Heat. And I don't like saying mm-hmm. that because Kyle Lowry's on that team and mm-hmm. I want to see them succeed with Kyle Lowry. But they got a lot of dudes who are uh, kind of one-dimensional. There's still Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson out there. Like, they lose P.J. Tucker. Kyle Lowry's a year older. The injuries catch up. Like, I, mm-hmm. I know they kind of play a style, much like the Raptors, that's conducive to regular season wins because they just try harder than everybody else on a random Wednesday in January. But... Uh, I think I'm a little bit worried about the heat, maybe kind of reaching that like age apex where things start to go on the downturn afterwards. But uh, yeah, I I would say the Raptors, like they could totally finish lower than fifth next season and I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be totally surprised, but I think they'll look like a better team. It's just the top of the East is uh, probably going to be really good. And probably I I would say similar in terms of like the wins being all spread out and it not being like this great stratification like we saw in the Western Conference. I mean, between the Heat and the Hornets at 10, it was 10 games, which is... I think the how much how many games the Suns won the West by. So uh, we'll we'll obviously revisit this question many many times between now and the start of the season. But that's where we're at for now. We're gonna take a quick break. Come back on the other side. Answer a couple more questions and round out this here free agency primer mailbag. But first, want to tell you about our friends over at Sakara, who are a company here that are helping you to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life. Feeling your best starts with what you eat, and Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, nutritional, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Looking and feeling your best shouldn't mean deprivation. Instead, choose joy and abundance. Sakara's organic, plant-rich, transformational nutrition programs are designed to help you cultivate body intelligence so you can nourish your body and experience the results that you want. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. 
They have nutritionally designed chef-crafted breakfast, lunches, and dinners that are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping to boost your energy, support your digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat, which is what we all want. We want that convenience, baby. If you can be convenient and healthy, that's like the biggest reason why I'm not healthy is because it's not convenient. Sakara is changing that. And now Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter the code locked on 20 at checkout. That's sakara.com slash locked on 20 and the code locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash locked on 20. Go check them out and be healthy. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. We are going to, I got a little note there from Katie in the break. She had a hard out. We talked too long in that last segment, so we are just going to round it up there. We love Katie. Go and uh, support Katie's wonderful things, basketball feelings, dime, et cetera, et cetera. Got a couple more mailbag questions to dive into here. Sorry, it's just me for the rest of the way. Uh, this question here comes in from Freddie Rivas. Will Christian Coloco steal minutes from anyone? Or is we going to take a year to figure things out? I think this question is very much dependent on what happens with the center position for the Raptors. If they kind of leave it as is right now, devote their mid-level exception to a wing or a guard, and don't go get DeAndre Ayton, then I think there's a world in which Christian Coloco gets 10 to 12 minutes a game next season and is a perfectly serviceable backup center against second units that you're not really relying on too much, but you get him some in-game reps, you get him some work with the Raptors guards and ball handlers to try to build some chemistry. I could see that being a pretty decent little role for Christian Coloco next season. I also caution always against getting too hyped up about second round picks because there's a reason they went to the second round. They're probably going to need some seasoning. And I think in an ideal world, you probably do see Christian Coloco play some time in the G League next season. And that's fine. Like there, there's nothing wrong with a guy getting some run in the G League. As we've seen, the Raptors have used the G League to their advantage player development wise many, many times before. And, you know, just because they kind of have a quote unquote need at center, I don't think that means they're going to rush a guy along when obviously it's sort of a long-term project. He is, of course, their only draft pick this season. He was a guy I think they kind of prized as a first round pick like player. And so I think they're going to treat it like they typically do with development and not just force him in there because they need someone to soak up some minutes, especially if Ken Birch is around, for example, and he can fill that backup center role for 10 to 12 minutes, which I think there's a world in which he can't. Like last season was a season from hell for Ken Birch. If he can come back and just be a reliable backup who plays against second units, can be a nice little short roll option and gets those push shots going, I think there's a world in which Ken Birch is just your backup center next year. If they go and use a portion of the MLE or a biannual exception or whatever on some kind of other player like Mo Bamba or something like that, then yeah, I think Coloco probably is going to be, you know, shuttered down to the G League for most of the season. Is there a world in which he steals minutes from a Bamba? Maybe, but I kind of don't think that's really the case. Bamba obviously still not a finished product, but clearly a more finished product than Christian Coloco is at this point. Anyone that you're signing who's a veteran who's coming in after multiple years in the league is going to be a little bit more seasoned than Christian Coloco. So 
Yeah, again, I think it totally depends on what happens in the next few days here as to what the Raptors do to build their roster out. But I would not be surprised at all if they keep it sort of status quo, devote their resources to perimeter players, and then have Christian Coloco slash Kem Birch kind of fill in as that backup center. And whoever plays best will probably run with that job. And if it's not Coloco, we'll probably see him run pretty heavily in the G League next season, which is not a bad thing in any way. Uh, good question from Freddie. Let's get to another question here. This one comes from Eric Morris at Epic office who always asks very good questions is there a jersey number missing from the raptors roster that you want them to fill in from free agency regardless of the player wearing that number do you want to get 20 and 22 and get a straight flush in the 20s or get coloco a neighbor in the 30s something wild like 84 this is my kind of question man i love this stupid stupid question <laughs> i think about jersey numbers way too often i think the number the raptors need is something they have a lot of threes involved right they've got a three in og ananobi they've got a 23 in fred van vliet they've got a 43 in pascal siakam i want to say they have a 33 as well i gotta look this up uh i gotta i gotta i gotta find this now because this is bothering me because i can't remember any players damn numbers um you know they got 45 for delano banton they've got uh oh david johnson wears 33 gary trent jr is number 33 david johnson's 13 sorry so they've got a three, they've got a 13 in Johnson if they keep him around. If not, then maybe you just get him to wear 13. They've got a 23, they've got a 33, a 43. So maybe a 53? Like that's a weird sort of unique number and you complete the set of numbers ending in three? That's possible. I, I also think I, like Bebe Noguera, shout out to him, who I think is making his debut in the CEBL tonight, which I will be calling on CBC Gem if you want to listen to that. Um, but, I, you know, someone like... 92 is such a good number from Bebe Noguera. Give me a weird, weird number. Give me a 74. Give me a like a, like a 98 or something bizarre like that. I think that sort of balances it up because they do have a very sort of normy set of numbers outside of the guys in the 40s, um, you know, between Banton and Siakam and stuff like that. So uh, very good question. This makes me think a lot, but I think... You know, as much as like a royal flush from 20 to 25 would be kind of cool. You got 24 Ken Birch, 25 Boucher, 23 Van Vliet. You get, uh, Mal I guess Malachi Flynn's not 22 anymore. He was 22, and that's a disappointing change that he made. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think 53 or like some bizarro number that no one ever uses. The numbers that like the Montreal Canadiens have to use because all their players have their numbers retired from the 70s. Uh, I think that's kind of where I would like to go here, just to sort of add some chaos into the number mix for your Toronto Raptors. Wonderful, wonderful question. Uh, this one also will round out on this one. Also from Jay Rich, who asked a question earlier. Question number two from him is, Raptors are losing some deep roster players. Which do you think goes? Who stays outside of the guaranteed contracts? Thanks. Uh, so, I think for me, if you're counting out the roster, right? If you just assume they're going to have a mid-level exception guy uh, and no DeAndre Ayton, and they just go with the guys they have in-house, you start with the main five guys. So you get Trent, you get Barnes, you get uh, Fred, you get OG, you get Precious, you get Boucher, you get Thad. That's seven. You get Kem Birch in there as eight. You get Christian Coloco. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Uh, you get Christian Coloco. That's nine. You get uh, Svi Mihailuk. That's ten. And then you kind of get into the back part of the roster. Again, I feel like I'm forgetting guys, which is probably a problem because my brain is not very good. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pull up the full roster to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. How about that? Um, yeah. Here we go. I think... 
of the guys, like Banton will be on the team next year. That's going to happen for sure. I would say Justin Champagny, he's been tendered to the the non or the qualifying offer. I believe he'll probably come back on some kind of, uh, you know, two-year deal, something like that. Malachi Flynn, I figure, will be back as well at this point. Sfee's going to be there too. The guys who I think they lose, like Isak Bonga, I would imagine, is probably not very long for the team. I would imagine Armani Brooks probably also the same. And then you fill those in. You get the mid-level exception guy coming in and then maybe a minimum signing or something like that or a two-way who you convert into a full-time contract mid-season if you want to go with 14 guys on the roster. That I feel like it's honestly probably almost set in stone who the guys on the team are going to be next season. Um, you know, I don't think Banton's going anywhere, for example. The guys who I think you could maybe sort of see from the middle parts of the roster cycled out are Ken Birch, just because of the money he makes, and maybe there's some sort of salary matching going on there if they make a trade. Uh, I don't think they're going to bring back Yuta Watanabe. He's an unrestricted free, unrestricted free agent, and it might be better for him, honestly, to go to a place where he might get some more run uh, and a little bit more just opportunity than he does on this Raptors team, where he kind of gets these little bursts of eight minutes and if he performs well if not like great if not then he kind of doesn't play for three weeks or whatever it might be um so yeah I, I think honestly most of the roster is probably set if they bring back champagne who i am fully in the tank for i think champagne is going to be a rotation player by december next year um you know obviously barring them being too crowded at one position or another because they go and get deandre ayton or something but uh yeah i i think it's pretty much set in stone you probably saying goodbye to utah armani brooks isaac bonga and maybe david johnson uh who you know know didn't really show out all that much had some injury issues in his first year maybe they bring him back on another two-way but uh that might be something where they kind of go and revisit that spot to join ron harper jr as the second two-way guy um by the way i haven't talked a lot about ron harper jr on the podcast i think it's because i don't really know anything about ron harper jr i'll try to find a rutgers expert on to talk about him or something like that but uh that'll be probably something we do around summer league time when we actually get to see him play um with that that's going to bring us to the end of this mailbag episode. Thanks to Katie for popping on for the first two segments. Apologies to Katie for me going too long and never shutting up and having to force her to leave at her heart out time. But thank you for tuning in and being here and uh, asking questions and all that good stuff. Hope you enjoy free agency day. Just a heads up again, I'm going to be occupied calling a CBL game tonight, so I won't be really on the clock during the first wave of free agency. If there is anything that happens, we'll do an episode tomorrow morning to break it all down, of course, and uh, we'll keep you posted if anything does come across the waiver or the newswire about the Raptors and potential mid-level signings or DeAndre Ayton or whatever else might happen. I never thought the DeAndre Ayton thing was likely, but the Vegas thing has me a little bit intrigued. So I'm going to certainly be keeping my eyes on what's happening there because it might be a situation where the Raptors, this is like the classic Raptors thing where they kind of wait out the market and realize, oh, there's a chance to strike here where the opportunity is too good to pass up and the cost of acquisition is too low to pass up to get a guy like DeAndre Ayton. And I know people love Gary Trent Jr. I know people think he's fantastic. I think if you can swap DeAndre Ayton for Gary Trent Jr., like, it's gotten too easy if you're Masai Ujiri. That's such a no-brainer to me if that's possible. I just never thought that was likely or on the table until this last week or so where all the other Ayton landing spots seem to have kind of dried up. Even the Spurs seem like maybe an Ayton team, but they seem to be going in a completely alternate direction. So we'll see. It's not an easy thing to work out, for sure. It kind of is a, a, a tricky fit to manage because of the lack of shooting on the roster, but I kind of think maybe you just get the talented guy in the door and then you figure it out from there. But either way, we'll keep you posted if anything does happen with DeAndre Ayton and break it all down. And until then, uh, thank you very, very much. We'll be back again on Friday. You can support the podcast by going to YouTube and subscribing over there and checking us out on all the different podcast apps and subscribing. Leaving a review is very helpful as well. Nice reviews. Five-star reviews are very, very lovely. Uh, and we'll be back again 
shortly to break all down the uh, the new first wave of free agency signings and stuff like that. I don't like that it happens at 6 p.m., by the way. I miss the midnight madness because it was just a silly thing where I was a degenerate staying up until midnight to watch basketball signings on Twitter. And it was delightful, but I guess 6 o'clock is fine, too. Whatever. We'll break it all down on tomorrow's show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.